0: Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan
2: Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates. We're ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Tuesday edition is here, live in Music City and across the Outkick Network. 6th and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw, here, old smokey moonshine. Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton, and down in West Palm Beach, Florida, Paul Kuharski, who is there for the NFL League meetings, the owner meetings that take place annually. Uh, he joins us live, and we'll be joined by some special guests throughout today's show. Uh, coming up in hour number three, Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Paul, uh, we'll uh, I'll toss down to him, and he'll be handling some things on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offseason, trying to make it back to the NFC Championship game and beyond in 2022 and what their plan is at quarterback. Um, we'll get into all that. Uh, plus, Tim Graham is going to join the show in 20 minutes. Uh, he covers the Buffalo Bills for the Athletic. He's on site there with Paul as well. Looking forward to that conversation because it ties into something that's going on here in the AFC South where the Titans are expected to announce some big stadium plans soon. The Bills are doing that in the moment. Uh, Buffalo getting a ton of help from the local government there uh, in terms of funding, and there are some details to really dive into. John McClain will be on the show, and then later we will have Casey Alexander, head coach of the Belmont Bruins. He'll help us break down the Final Four coming up this weekend. Chad, how are you?
3: I am great every time here at Six and Peabody. I look at this key lime. What is this key lime cream moonshine? Nearly sold
2: out this past weekend.
3: I'm compelled to take a swig of it, and it's not because I have some sort of problem. It's because it looks delicious, and I want to know what it tastes like. And I've never had it before, and uh, I'm I'm ready to try it at some point. Maybe maybe today's the day. Maybe I'll be spontaneous like Will Smith, and instead of slapping someone, (laughs) I'll just drink the moonshine (laughs) on this show. But I'm excited about this lineup today. PK,
4: hope things
2: are well down in sunny Florida.
4: Good to see you, boys. I have been uh, datelining and advertising where I am incorrectly. Oh, When you cross the bridge and come to where these rich people gather, it is Palm Beach. My uh, hotel is in West Palm Beach. So, greetings from Palm Beach,
2: where is, the uh,
4: rich people gather.
2: It, uh, so, there is, a, there is a big distinction, you're saying, between the two.
4: Yes, I don't think any of the owners want anything to do with West Palm Beach. Wow. They I, might send some of their servants over there to get some, <laughs> some goods, some dry goods.
3: Yeah. I, I hate to bring this to a, on a down note here and get a little get a little dark on this, oh, wow. but Paul, I knew that distinction because of the Jeffrey Epstein documentary that I watched on Netflix. They talk about the difference between West Palm Beach and Palm Beach, where he had his mansion, and that a lot of the people he was grooming were from West Palm Beach, <laughs> Uh, I had to clear my throat, stories. as I said. That was an unfortunate time to cl- clear my throat. But that's how I know about the difference between West Palm Beach and Palm Beach. I thought you were at the nice hotel, Paul. You're not staying there with everyone else? Oh,
4: no, 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 no. Chad, please. a $5,300, I think, right now, I was okay. told, is the rate right here. You can get it for maybe $800 a night uh, in the summertime when uh, people are at their summer villas or whatever. Somebody told me, uh, reporters hanging out waiting for people to come out of a big meeting looked it up last night fifty three hundred dollars paul is doing well paul is not doing nearly that well
2: so when you when you walk through the breakers is it worth it like do you see it's like you hanging up christmas lights and, and paying eight grand you, you said is, the place in arizona was much better is it worth fifty three hundred as a hotel as you walk through
4: Well, I think the Arizona Biltmore is a nicer hotel. I've not been in any of the rooms, obviously, like the the room where you would sleep and uh, open a suitcase. Uh, The beach is a nice feature that Arizona doesn't have, so I would prefer that. Though it doesn't seem like it's a swimming beach, it seems like it's pretty rocky beach. I joked with Matt LaFleur last night when he couldn't find his kids. I said, well, maybe they're down there swimming. And then I scared him. He's like, oh my God, I hope not. Uh, and then he was kind of looking over the rail. Like I, I was like, I was kidding. I don't have any reason to believe they're swimming, um, but I, I don't think yeah, you'd swim here. So if I'm paying uh, and I'm never paying anything close to $5,300, but if I'm paying for a resort hotel, it is going to be on the beach. And it is going to be on a beach where I would be able to swim.
2: Paul, sometimes the NFL owners, they get together and they will decide to table something for a, a later meeting. You know, they'll, they'll wait to vote on a new rule later in the year or table it for another season to see how things work out. Not the case with overtime rules. They've changed that today, uh, passing that through nearly unanimously. I think, what, three or four owners voted against the overtime rules for postseason. This is for postseason only. But both teams are going to p- possess the football. And the way I understand it, both teams will possess the football in overtime. And the second team, let's say the, the first possession goes nine minutes. The other team will, uh, after scoring, the other team will get possession for as long as they need with an option or th- with, the, with the expectation to go score. It's not like time expires on them, which I found interesting.
4: Rich McKay said this was data driven uh, and that the Kansas City Buffalo game had a lot to do with it. I actually uh, encountered one owner in uh, one of the shops here. This little courtyard I'm in is surrounded by shops. Um, said there was no, uh, th- there was just huge momentum from this uh, and none for the regular season. Uh, none for the change in the regular season with the, uh with the overriding feeling that it's a health and safety issue. I know, Jonathan, that really sticks in your craw, and you don't like that sense. Well, it's a lot. I said, you know, it's not even the same players who are on the field during that. So, like, you could argue you're tiring out certain players. But then for the other team to possess the ball, it would be a different set of players. The other offense and the other defense said, "Uh, I know, but uh, just – no real support for it. It, This was what had the support from, um, from, from the, uh, uh, the vast majority of people from the start, the Titans withdrew their proposal pretty quickly. Um, And, and so this is the way it went. Look, it's better than what we've had, but it's not as good as it should be.
3: But the issue I have with the health and safety excuse, and I, I feel like you agree with me and you've talked about this is it's a total cop out. And then when they decide to do something that's playing more
2: games, we're going to add revenue to it. They added a regular season game for every team and then two extra playoff teams.
3: They're going to go back and cite, oh, but we did the research and it shows that it really doesn't lead to more injuries or more problems. Here's all the data that we have that shows that there is no problem with health and safety. But if there's an issue that can be fixed and improved that they don't want to deal with at the time, it's an easy fallback to say, well, we're looking out for health and
2: safety. I just don't. I don't understand the I controversy say, in saying this is about the TV product, which is what it's about. At the at the bare at, at the end of the road, this is about CBS getting to 60 minutes on time. That's uh, that's what it is. And I, I wish well, they would just come out for and admit a that. Certain
4: window. Of, it's only for a certain window of games. I mean, it doesn't affect the early games, uh, the 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 uh, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. I just think. Um,
2: uh, it's not you know, about they're, health They're and saying,
4: we played the 17th game, and we don't want to add any snaps to that. I don't know. Somebody put that in their head, and as a group, they bought into that on their head, and, and they don't want to. Nobody's, nobody's giving them a reason to get off of that, so they're just sticking with it like rote, um, even Wait, though it doesn't make much again, sense. It, and it'll take a controversial, what it takes. Look, it took a controversial ending in a big game to get them off of it now it'll take a controversial ending in a regular season game to get them off at a regular season game of consequence.
2: If, if health and safety is at the forefront of the NFL, they need to wear these padded helmets that they've mandated for the first three weeks of training camp for the duration of the entire season. Let's just like throw that out kazoo. there. You know, yeah, I mean, which colleges are already implementing in their practices. My, my point being, they can make up this little thing about how it's for the health and safety of our players, when, when it comes down to money and timing out these games to average three hours and seven minutes, uh, regardless of the time slot that they're in, because they want their TV networks to buy into the fact that they can slot that in there. They're going to get their millions of viewers and move on either to the next game uh, without joining in progress or allowing oh. Fox to go to American Idol or CBS to hit their primetime programming on Sunday evenings. I mean that and, and allow local news and all the affiliates to start on time at ten o'clock. That is the ultimate goal for every network. And for whatever reason the NFL wants to point to health and safety, when I can point to Thursday night football and the seventeenth game and having teams travel across, you know, across the globe now to play regular season games and then a team can actually opt into not having a bye week afterwards. There are so many uh, contradictions to what they're saying this time of year in regards to overtime. I'm glad, I'm glad they've changed postseason. I'm glad that it took uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to get it done because if this were Taylor Heineke against Jameis Winston, we don't bat an eye at this. So I'm glad it actually yeah. happened so that it takes place moving forward. I just don't understand why we have to differentiate between the regular season and postseason play.
3: Doesn't it seem like a, I a half I like measure, though, separate. Paul? It'll just be yeah. this one season. Yeah, it, it feels like to me it's gonna. this is going to happen in the postseason. They're going to get to a game where it's going to go down. They're going to like the results of it. They're going to like the new format, and they're going to come back and say, okay, this is now the overtime rule for everything. Well, I
4: think maybe, it, like I said, I think maybe it takes a game of consequence, maybe a game with playoff implications where the same thing happens, and they say, oh, yes. That's important too. Uh, but I, I think America's united on wanting it season long and the owners sometimes take time to catch up. You know who else is united on a theme here, Hutton? Yeah. The Colts cannot let go of bashing Carson Wentz, <laughs> which only serves, I think, to make them look worse, right? That Jim Ursay is still talking about this thing how many weeks after the trade. I think it makes them look bad. They should be quiet about Carson Wentz now. But he talked to reporters today. And and is still harping on how bad Carson Wentz for the it was for them and how necessary this move was. I mean, I think Matt Ryan should kind of feel like, hey, it's time to start talking about me and stop talking about him. Seems uh almost like a compulsion at this point.
2: Have have we heard from Ursay on this until recently, until this week? I don't know if we have.
4: I don't know that he's had a chance to talk about it, so he probably can't uh, can't stop himself, knowing what we know of him. But what was the phrasing he used today? It was very obvious the Colts <laughs> had to move on. Yeah, yeah, we know. We saw everything you did. It spoke. It spoke for you. Right? He's having trouble, I think, still processing the whole. He needs a game as badly as anybody in the league, maybe outside of Deshaun Watson, needing a game. Jim Ursay needs a game.
2: Yeah, no doubt uh Armando Salguero of Outkick put this out um the NFL overtime change 12 postseason games since 2010 uh the team winning the coin toss won that game 10 times so 10 of 12 seven of the first
4: possession seven
2: seven of those came on the first possession and he goes "While that's not you know that's 12 games in 12 years what it ultimately is it's one and one it's it's Mahomes and Josh Allen that and and Paul just going back to the example of what it'll take in the regular season it will be a week 17 game that that will be a divisional game we know how the NFL schedules these things and it could come down to Mahomes again it could t- come down and, and and realistically this coming year in that division Mahomes and Herbert for instance or Mahomes and Wilson it could come down to an AFC West battle and in the regular season We have the same exact overtime rules that we had in the postseason last year.
4: Yeah, a win and end between two good quarterbacks where somebody wins it on the first possession with the same kind of implications that you have um, in the postseason. That'll do the trick. That'll do the trick.
2: Coming up, uh, Paul, you've got – I know Matt Mayoko is going to join us a bit later in the show with uh, some thoughts on Jimmy G and – and the 49ers and what may be happening out there on the West coast with their quarterback plan. But, um, I know in just a, a handful of minutes, Tim Graham's going to swing by an old friend of yours.
4: I suspect, uh, I'm seeing some activity here that suggests Tim Graham is about to be, uh, given a check. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, I think I know what's behind that, but I, I think we'll cover that in our discussion as well. There's a transaction happening right here it's not as shady as it sounds but I I, I leave it to your imagination
3: I was hoping it was shady so I can't wait to hear what it actually is
2: yeah that's uh that's just around the corner we'll uh be going back to Florida and checking in with Paul he'll be joined by Tim Grant of The Athletic uh with the very latest on the Buffalo Bills getting that new billion dollar plus stadium where a vast majority of the money uh, for the Pagoulas is coming from government funding uh, we'll we'll get the very details of that. A couple of other things from, from the NFL. Andy Dalton lands a one-year contract with the Saints. So they have Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, where the thought is that Dalton is the backup to Winston. Uh, but more importantly, Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. And keep in mind that mega contract extension he got last year differentiated between uh, non-quarterback and quarterback play for certain bonuses to kick in. So right now, if you start looking at that, he's – He's a specialty QB, which can certainly tie into some bonus money, but it's not like he's the starter or even the backup at this point. Um, and the, the Jags are going to continue to play annual games in London through at least the 2024 season. Uh, and that, that was announced today in another agreement.
3: And then in the 2025 season, they'll play all of their games in <laughs> London. Here we go. That's Maybe. what it's building up to. We can all see it happening. The London Jags in 2025. <laughs> Get pumped. Get excited.
2: Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. Chad, we're excited to have uh, later in in the show, and coming up in about two hours, Casey Alexander of Belmont to preview the Final Four. Break it down from a coaching perspective.
3: One of the really good college basketball coaches out there to talk about the Final Four matchups, to talk about Transfer Portal, NIL, a lot of things surrounding the sport also. Uh, Transfer Portal, unfortunately for Casey Alexander, hitting him hard uh, with a star player exiting the Bruins program. We'll ask him about that and how we have entered the ultimate era of free agency in college sports right now where you can advance your fortunes or you can go down a level uh, a lot easier to not a level, but go down to a different program where you're going to get more playing time for a lot of guys we've seen. So we'll talk to Casey Alexander, a lot of college basketball discussion, but mainly to preview what should be an epic final four this weekend.
2: All coming up within the next hour, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com. will hit all the NFL trades, signings, news, and notes. And then 10-gram, when we come back, we'll join Paul down in Florida at the NFL owners' meetings. We'll dive into the happenings with the Bills and the, the mega stadium that they're getting. But it's not going to be a dome. They want it outside in northern New York. We'll get the details of all that straight ahead. First, though, Aurora Nutrascience, VitalLifeScience.com our trusted partner that keeps us at OutKick360 mentally sharp and healthy. And Aurora delivers supplements where you need them the most, your body. You can see vitalifescience.com for more details, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com. It's where you can grab more information. OutKick360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for your body to benefit from. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I personally use vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, simple single-use package you can grab and go with in the mornings. You can also keep them in your fridge. Uh, in the bottle containers, which is great for a yogurt or uh, a shake in the morning, whatever it might be for the workout. Aurora supplements absorbed in the bloodstream through the GI tract ensuring it's not wasted like a capsule or pill. Visit Vitalifescience.com for more info. vida Science.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalife-science.com
1: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. John McClain joins us in 20, or make that 40 minutes.
2: Welcome back. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network, 6th and Peabody, our location. If you ever visit Nashville, swing by, see the Outkick Studios here. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine made on site at the distillery, the brewery, which is a part of a complex that's a city block long. And uh, we'll have that on display for the National Championship game on Monday where we will be broadcasting from the beer garden. Looking forward to that and looking forward to the final four. We'll break down the matchups for the Saturday games. Coming up with Casey Alexander of Belmont University, uh, head coach will be on the show with us uh, for the scouting reports with all of that. Uh, a lot of details that go into funding for NFL stadiums. Not very often that you see Jerry Jones or Cronkie or others. In, in that case, you know Cronkie. Got some help in St. Louis, but ended up funding his own thing out in L.A. Billion-dollar stadium, billions-dollar stadium, Chad. Uh, but in Buffalo and here in Nashville, both teams are asking for help with that, public funding from state and local governments, and that is what Buffalo has uh, received. The Pagoulas with some big news over the weekend and what they're discussing in NFL owners' meetings about a big a – new stadium, brand-new stadium – Headed to uh, the Buffalo Bills in the coming years. A good friend of the show is Tim Graham with The Athletic. He covers the Bills for The Athletic, and uh, he is standing by down at the NFL owners' meetings with our own Paul Koharski.
4: Another one of my favorites, Tim. Good to see you. Always a, a highlight NFL event if you are here. And we actually got this chair to share drinks last night during which you told me I have to meet and talk to Mark Gannis. Hey, you put the and I said, who the hell is Mark Gannis? She kept saying Mark Gannis, like I knew. So tell <laughs> the people who Mark Gannis is. Well, the funny thing is, I have to look. Mark Gannis might be sitting right next to us. Hang on a second. Are you Mark Gannis? Do we, no. do you see Mark
0: Gannis <laughs> anywhere around though? I'm, I'm asking oh, Gen- genuine. Well, no, not here, here. I know he's here, but is he like around? All right. Stay All right, on the so screen. Is- Uh,
4: I guess I'm sorry, Mark Morganis is not. Okay.
0: So, uh, running joke, uh, between my athletic coworker, Matthew Fairburn, who, uh, used to cover the bills and he covers the Patriots. Now, as we come to all these events and whether it's the super bowl, uh, combine owners meetings, all these other things. And, you know, I will lean into him, which you do frequently um, in this beat because, you know, you're looking out for each other. Like you might need somebody you might like is I just coming by.
4: screaming mark right
0: so i would always lean in and wait for like the eye contact like give me like a and then because you know i might i might probably say something like
4: That's terrible
0: or no no something that you need but i don't we don't want everybody else no. around to hear and i'll say mark gannis if you need him and they're running because mark gannis just he's like a he's here to be interviewed
1: He's like Zsa, Zsa
0: Gabor was famous for being
4: famous. Right.
0: And I'm not to say, maybe the guy, I'm sure he has credentials, but I was talking to an NFL employee last night who uh, was telling me that uh, for years he thought Mark Gannis worked for the league because he's always at these things. And what he's, it, it's, it's too.
4: But his bolster. expertise is right up my alley, soon to be alley.
0: I, I told you you should talk to Mark Gannis because it was like low hanging fruit, but I didn't know we were at, you were, were going to talk about him in a sense of, of, uh, making fun of other people who do interview Mark Gannis.
4: Oh, so you don't want me to talk to Mark Gannis, but his expertise is
0: in stadiums and sports business. Oh, I, I left. Yeah. He's he's a he's a self-made sports business expert. So when it comes time to ownership changes or stadium like bargaining agreements, all these types of things that sports writers are a lot of times deficient in because we get into this not to cover that type of stuff. Uh you know, we didn't get into this profession because we really enjoy labor law or, you know, talking about uh, capital investments and infrastructure costs and stadium deals, we didn't do that. But we, we have to know that stuff. You know, we also didn't get into it to have to know how to call a PIO of your local police department, you know, to find out if so and so is in your, in your facility tonight, uh, or, a, you know, a press release of an arrest. We, but we, we have to become crime reporters to a certain degree, and we become business reporters and political writers. And um, so anyway, but there are a lot of us who just have no interest in that. So when it comes time to, you know, a major story happens on your beat, like a new stadium, uh, or if you're covering the league and you're kind of at a loss on what really this means in terms of this labor struggle between the the league and the union, um, you just bring in an expert, you know, and finger quotes expert, and they will do the lifting for you for your audience, whether it be readers or, you know, on television, you can throw somebody up there as an expert and say, all right, Not, there you go. I I didn't have to do the work. Here's a guy who's just going to explain it. And that's where he fills this void and has for years and years. And it's not just the NFL. I'm sure he wanders around and uh, there he is. Marganis, if you need him.
4: Nashville, much different city obviously than Buffalo where you're based but the Bills just he may have
0: been standing right behind this friggin' lattice
4: which is classic for us. The the Bills just completed a stadium D, a long overdue new stadium in Buffalo. Nashville is at the beginning of the process working towards a new stadium. Give us a capsule on the process for Buffalo, how long it took and what the result is, how happy are people going to be based on what you know this
0: well you know there's a lot of public money involved it was announced 850 million dollars and those were the announcements that came from both the uh, governor's office and uh, the county executive Uh, so the the, the county owns the stadiums uh, in uh, in western new york for both the buffalo sabers and the buffalo bills Uh, but the bulk of the money comes from the state Um, are those going to be the actual numbers i'm told no uh, that the numbers uh, like in a lot of deals uh, are going to be up for a little bit of interpretation over time. You know, you're talking about uh, money over the course of 30 years. So inflation and interest rates and all the different other things that go into it, you know, the cost change, um, lost opportunity cost, uh, is, is there, are, are things that are normally taxed going to be considered tax-free so the public loses out on some sort of you know, tax return in that regard. Uh, But $850 million is a lot of money for people who throw lavish parties at resorts like we're in right now. And uh, if you were to go over the intercoastal waterway as uh, most of us do staying here, the reporters aren't staying in Palm Beach, the reporters are staying in West Palm Beach, which is on the other side of the intercoastal waterway. So we have to come over a bridge to get to Palm Beach, Florida and the breakers in this resort. And you have to drive over a drawbridge drawbridge necessary because the yachts are massive and anybody who's been on a you know in a place like this you've seen a yacht before you've seen yachts these make yachts look like buoys and these are massive massive
1: battleships
0: almost and to then come into this hotel with all of its security and, uh, and to see, you know, the, the, you know, the party that was thrown last night and to say, but this guy needs $850 million or your team might move to St. Louis to fill that void. Or maybe they'll look at Birmingham or maybe they'll look at Orlando. Um, it's a, it can be a kick in the teeth, you know, to, to the public, um, and that's, and I think too, in this business, we get to a point because we're surrounded by sports fans all the time and you get to an easy place mentally where you just think, well, everybody loves football or everybody loves sports or everybody sees the value for that. But you take a look at the ratings and how many people are not watching football on Sundays is more than the people who are. And there are people who want money for schools and for homelessness and to, you know, for your, to fix your bridges and your highways. And so, it's a it's a dance that you have to do. Now that said, then you come back to the other side and say, well, in the state of New York, the budget is going to be about two hundred and sixteen billion dollars that kicks in on Friday. So, in a budget of two hundred and sixteen billion dollars, what's eight hundred and fifty million? Because you know that money's you know going to go somewhere on something. Uh, so it'll be something else that maybe you don't uh, that you don't like or that you that you're against. So yeah, it's a big PR. It's a big PR thing, and. and um, and it's interesting. There, there's obviously we talked about it last night. There's some different dynamics though between Buffalo, New York, and Nashville, Tennessee.
4: What are the Pagulas in for? And they're handling cost overruns. Is that what I
0: read? Yeah, it, yes.
4: Allegedly. Yes. To this point. What I, are they I've in already, for? At the route.
0: All right. So I've already heard as I've you know reached out with my sources on different things. Uh, I'm like, all right. So what? And, and it, there's already it seems to be a lot of misinformation coming out. You know, from all the all, all the sides involved about really what's because everybody's trying to distort it in their favor you know the 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 bills don't want to make it seem as that they're accepting so much money the state doesn't want to make it seem as though it's giving out so much money and the same for the county so they can dial back the number for pr purposes and then hope nobody notices you know a little bit later or does does some calculations um but it looks like you know the the Pagulas went for the g4 loan 200 million dollars Uh, And that is um, through the league, it's with the league as the underwriter instead of the owner being on the hook because the league is such a massive business enterprise that it can, you know, it's, uh, it's credit rating is, you know, elite. So uh, then the, then the, the Pagoulas pay back that loan to the NFL. Some of it is forgiven over the course of time. The remainder mostly paid through the visiting teams. Tickets that they buy, you know, for, you know, because it, it's not a big portion of
4: tickets, yeah. but,
0: um, yeah, especially so, not
4: multiple.
0: And so the Pagoulas are on the hook for like 300, 400 million, depending on how things you know, shake out. Have we
4: seen yeah. renderings? Is there any, like, uh, no,
0: just conceptual stuff? What's
4: the concept that makes it uniquely Buffalo or unique venue?
0: Okay, so how it's going to differ and, you know, there are all kinds of different ways that it can go, but some of the key elements, it's going to be scaled down to about 60,000 to 62,000 seats, uh, which is the way the NFL is going. They want a larger footprint with fewer seats, you know, more premium areas, uh, more um, amenity type areas, you know, club level seating or field level, uh, field level uh, uh, luxury boxes uh, standing room only party decks uh you know different things that will make give your stadium its own charm um you know it's going to be open air uh and that was something that terry fabula thought was uh, important that's just happens to be his personal preference he's always felt that football should be played outside and of course you can also argue that you know the dome added another 300 million dollars to the cost so you know, the public with a lot of people, a lot of people, very vocal group of Bills fans, and really wanted a dome, and they wanted it in the city. Uh, but this stadium is going to stay out in Orchard Park, right across the road. Uh, massive parking lot is where it'll go up, and then where the stadium is now will turn into the you know the parking lot. It'll just flip and um, shovel ready, county owned property, all that stuff, as opposed to building in the city, which would require property acquisition um not knowing what's under the ground uh, because buffalo being such an industrial oil city problems. You, know, st- you know steel mills were all around that area like I, I doubt it's oil uh it probably would have been extracted a long time ago especially with the buffalo bills owner having his uh, his background in fracking uh i think that he may have uh, jumped on that will this help but,
4: the table jumpers get over or are they already over the uh, painful playoff loss to kansas city will the Um, well, the the overtime adjustment today that was passed. I mean, how how much of a stinging loss was that for Western New York?
0: Because you had a recency bias situation. Uh, there are fans who lived through both and swear that 13 seconds is worse than Scott Norwood missing
1: the field goal against
0: the New York Giants. I don't agree with that because that would kick was to win a Super Bowl. Um, but I also, and it was said to me off the record, so I don't want to, I want to blow him in, but a Buffalo Bills Hall of Famer who was on the field that day told me that watching that those 13 seconds in overtime was worse to him than actually playing in wide right. Um, so uh, yeah, it hurt a little bit based on those words. I don't think that the overtime rule passing today is any solace. You don't get it back. Um, if they're they're bit they're bitter and, and probably even a little more bitter about it. You know, it's, it's too late, it's too little, too late.
4: Stack the AFC for me right now, top three or four.
0: Oh geez, uh, you know everything. So much has changed, of course. You, with so much of the balance going to the AFC West, I I'm going to have a hard time stacking those four. Period. Let alone the entire conference. Do it anyway. Um, I'm going to still put the Bills at the top. Homer. No, and I think I would go with Kansas City still, but the loss of Tyree Kill is huge. Um, and you know, the Bills have some hidden losses, or more hidden losses, that, that on their coaching staff. Josh Allen has lost his safety net of all the people, all the voices and minds that were around him. Almost all of them are, are off to the New York Giants. So the Bills lost their offensive coordinator. They lost their assistant quarterbacks coach, which doesn't sound important, but in that meeting room was very important. Shea Tierney, he went to, um, he went to the third quarterback and actually told that if he wanted to become the quarterbacks coach, if he retired, they wanted him. And he's like, no, I want to keep playing. So that's how important they feel he was to Josh. Um, their backup quarterback uh, Mitchell Trubisky is gone to the Pittsburgh Steelers guys that help Josh Allen get ready on a week to week basis. Uh, Ken Dorsey who was the quarterbacks coach is now the offensive coordinator. They bring in Joe Brady the former Carolina Panthers OC and LSU Wunderkind, um, uh to I interviewed for five head coaching jobs and a year later is fired. So that's a nice plan B I guess. But um, so that's a, that's an important thing to consider but I still think that the Bills have a lot going for them. And then I think hell. Who, I
4: mean,
0: how do you slot the rest? I mean, there's just so, so much change out in the AFC West. And the only team...
4: Correct answer is the Chargers. Okay. I don't, if you're I, not going to answer it, somebody's got to fill this space. So. I don't...
0: And I'm, what about the AFC... Okay, so who's the best team in the AFC South?
4: Titans. Right. Matt for, Ryan for makes sure. the Colts better. But... Uh, I need to, They need to draft a bunch of receivers. And, and there's and there's
0: so much me. mystery in the AFC North, too. You know, how's Pittsburgh's uh, quarterback situation going to shake out? Is Deshaun, how many games is Deshaun Watson going to be on the field for? Uh, Cincinnati, of course, uh, coming off a great season. So And the Ravens are just always there. Yeah. So that's my word salad answer uh, without
4: giving an answer. Yeah, that was disappointing, Tim Graham. He's better than that. He just won an award. He won an award a while ago. Uh, from the Pro Football Writers Association, he was just presented a check right now. Would you like to hold up the check? No. Would you like to tell us how much the check was for? Aaron Gantner, how much was the check? For? A couple hundred bucks, right? It was like one of those big. A Price Waterhouse kind of check. What we spend like, the check the, on? those
0: checks that Happy Gilmore used to throw in the back seat of his uh, Pinto.
4: What will you spend it on?
0: Uh, that money's already been spent over the last two evenings um, um, at the bar. Yeah, there's some things that I can't uh, expense out of out of good conscience. Um, That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs>
4: the that, Athletic uh, slash New York Times appreciates you being <laughs> honest. And not sliding there, in extra there are some, meals. Yeah, there, maybe
0: there are some things that I have purchased on this trip that don't, uh, the types of things that don't come he, with the receipt.
4: breaker's jacket that he's going to wear in Buffalo on those frosty nights. The award-winning Tim Graham, you can read him at The Athletic. I don't know how he did, boys. Go ahead and review. you
3: Organis,
2: if you need him. Thank you, Paul, and thank you, Tim Graham uh, from The Athletic. There we go. Now I can hear myself.
3: I thought Tim Graham was fine. I thought Paul sucked in that. Segment, <laughs> quite frankly,
2: well, yeah, Tim got a check. My, that's
3: my review. Of Tim that. got a
2: check in the middle of the interview. Apparently, there's,
3: there's a reason that he got paid as a media member there, and Paul didn't. Didn't get that check.
2: Uh, John, John McLean also receives residuals from John, multiple films.
3: There's been a lot of talk of a Spring Breakers reboot.
2: Speaking of breakers, that John McLean may be a part of. John's at Spring Breakers. There,
3: there may be a reboot. <sighs> Uh, They're trying to get James Franco back for it. But really, the linchpin of that film was John McClain's turn as a judge over spring break. So if they can get him to agree to come back, maybe Franco will as well.
2: Chad, you had a a bit of a back and forth on social media with Seth Davis that we'll get into coming up?
3: I did. I'm getting fed up uh, on an issue involving Leah Thomas. It's been covered a lot at Outkick. And I'm not fed up for the reasons maybe everyone else is fed up. I think the story is as ridiculous as I'm going to go ahead and throw a generous estimate of 98% of Americans feel it's ridiculous that Leah Thomas is able to compete against biological women and win against biological women. But only about 50% of Americans are willing to say it out loud. And what Seth Davis has done really bothers me and I let him know about it over the weekend
2: so we'll we'll tie that in with uh, Seth Davis who's a part of the NCAA uh, tournament coverage on CBS and and Turner we'll we'll tie that in we'll also tie in Fanduel to this which speaking of the NCAA tournament FanDuel.com slash okay 360s where you can turn uh, new users bet five dollars win 150 in site credits regardless if your bet wins or loses this is for the entire tournament first bet Bet 5, win 150 in site credits, regardless if your bet wins or loses during March Madness. That's 30 to 1 odds. uh, To claim new users just need to register, make a first-time deposit, then simply place your first real money wager on FanDuel Sportsbook on any March Madness game throughout the tournament. All winning bets will be fulfilled within 72 hours if you win. Go to FanDuel.com slash OK360 to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash OK360. Glad you're with us. John McClain will be with us in 12 minutes. NFL headlines and much, much more. Uh, A bit later, Matt Mayoko of Bay Area, or NBC Sports Bay Area, um, with the latest on the 49ers and what's going to be happening with Jimmy Garoppolo. Outkick 360 rolls on. Leah Thomas is a national champion. Uh, To everyone's knowledge, the first transgender national champion in collegiate sports. Uh, winning the national title in swimming by nearly two seconds over the second-place finisher. Uh, Penn has a national champion in women's swimming, and it's Leah Thomas, who did not go to the post-meet press availability uh, or anything of the like, um, and didn't receive much of an applause whenever winners were announced on the podium. Um, Chad, I think it was Seth Davis – who tweeted first over the weekend, and you saw this and responded and went into a back-and-forth with him over numbers and the number one being very specific.
3: Yeah, and so the Leah Thomas story, you can read about it on OutKick. I don't know a lot of other media outlets that are covering the story as much as OutKick, uh, but certainly read about it there. Hutton, you just illustrated what's going on with that story for those that are unaware. Uh, I'll start by saying I'm a big fan of Seth Davis and his college basketball work. I read him. Uh, I think he's very good on television. I think he's one of the few really good parts of that March Madness coverage, quite frankly, uh, in studio. I I think he's terrific, does his research, knows the teams, knows the players, knows the coaches. It's really good at that. I'm not as big of a fan of his uh, social commentary uh, on social media. I'm sure that he's not a big fan of mine either after this weekend and what I'm about to say. Uh, But I do respect his college basketball work, and I think that we can have a civil back and forth on issues like this. So Seth Davis retweeted uh, a report from Jillian Brandstetter that says Utah's Republican governor. I don't want to make this about Republicans, Democrats, because he's praising a Republican with his tweet. Utah's Republican governor, Spencer Cox, as he vetoes a ban on trans athletes passed by the state legislator, notes 75,000 high school athletes and only four are transgender in the state of Utah, rarely has so much fear and anger been directed at so few. So Seth Davis retweets and says, four, exclamation point. And only one of those four is on a girl's team. Thank you, Governor Cox, for your empathy. The world needs more empathy. Now what's important here is what is unsaid. Seth Davis says, four, and only one of those is on a girl's team. My question to Seth Davis and everyone else is very simple. The one, the one that's on a girl's team, is that fair and just? A biological man competing against women whether in high school, whether in NCAA swimming, like you see with Leah Thomas, is it fair and just? And I never get an answer. I will agree with Seth Davis on this. I think I could pick a lot of things that need legislation and talk outside of the one athlete in Utah where this is happening. Um, I think the NCAA is out of their mind not to make a ruling on Leah Thomas and decide once and for all that this is wrong and it's not fair. I think the Utah state legislator could probably spend their time doing other things, but it does not hide or erase the issue that it is not fair nor just for that to happen, and this is a law about precedent. Again, I think they could spend their time on other things. It's just one now. It's not going to just be one if you allow it and you fight against it. This is an issue where we can all unite and come together. Your silence is deafening. Seth Davis, when you don't answer my question or anyone else, because the bottom line is, you know, it's not right. You can't defend it. You can't defend the one. You can't defend Leah uh, Thomas. You won't talk about it for a reason because it's not in line with your talking points and you know, it's wrong and you don't want to feed into that because others are talking more about it. Again, I raise my hand and agree with Seth Davis in one issue in our back and forth that they could be doing other things in the state legislature right now. Seth Davis says, I think you know, one suicide from a, trans, a member of the trans community is one too many. I agree. No, no one wants suicide to happen. But where does it end? Because the defense of that is you need to give them inclusion and make sure they can compete a biological man against a biological woman so they don't feel like they want to commit suicide. Where does it stop? If I am depressed because I don't have the job that I want, do you owe me the job to make sure, in the interest of suicide prevention, that I get something that I didn't earn or I don't deserve that's unfair or not just? This is a very slippery slope. And it's about precedent and doing what's right. And I'm sorry, but Leah Thomas smoking the field of female swimmers at the NCAA meet is not fair or just. Which included Olympians. And we can all get together and agree on this. And again, it's an issue where silence on one side tells me everything I need to know about what they think. Seth Davis Hutton not responding to my question, which is very direct. Answer me on this. Is what's going on with Leah Thomas the right thing? When you can't answer that, or the other one I hear is, I just don't care. I just don't care. I care about all these issues. I care about vaccination. I care about all these other things. I just don't care about this. So I don't want to talk about it. Don't care. Everyone should care. If you are in sports, especially in competition, you should care about fairness within the rules and what is right in competition. This is not right. Well, no one's asking. And I am saying that with 100% certainty that my opinion is right because it's not opinion. Yeah. It's fact. Yeah. And no one's it's asking the fair.
2: competition Chad what their thoughts on are on this. It, it it's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty clear. Everyone in attendance uh is like you're saying, ninety-eight percent against what they're seeing at this at this meet, at this, at this race.
3: And I want to see those who have stood up for the rights of women athletes everywhere stand up against this. Let's unite and stand up against this. The Title IX Warriors, everyone who has taken a stand on behalf of women athletes everywhere, take a stand on this also. Or at least just admit what everyone knows. It's not right. It's not fair.
2: Imagine if we, this were a different sport. more, Much more mainstream. Well, like get, college basketball player going to the WNBA Hutton, or something.
3: Hutton, get ready because the more silence out there and the I, lack of rulings by places like the NCAA, right. we're going to see more of this. This is not
2: going to end. And people will stand by, not us, people will stand by and just let it happen without saying anything. The silence is deafening. That's well said. John McClain is next, talking NFL headlines, news, and notes on Outkick 360.